tell. There just might be a gremlin in your house. Welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and this is your Laps News Update for the week commencing the 29th of August. Tonight we'll chat a little bit about the games we've been playing recently and we'll touch on a few news stories of note. Following an incident at Gamescom uh, involving a bratwurst and a hot tub full of mustard, we've been kicked off the USS Laps Gamer, so now we're rooted back on terra firma. We've also been stripped of all of our ranks. So joining me today are regular civilians, Kevin, Adam and Stuart. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. So we've had a few listener questions coming in. Our first one comes from our very own Lee Howard at Count Fosco. And he asks, what's the game from a past generation you feel most aggrieved to have missed? For example, a PS3 game you skipped once you got a PS4, etc. Who wants to start us off? Okami. Really? You never played Okami? Yeah, Okami. Well... I think the correct pronunciation is Okami if you're being a prick. Okami. Okay. <laughs> I've never played Okami. I bought I no. bought it both on the Wii and I bought the HD version on the PS3. Oh man, you never played it. Dust. Oh. No, never touched either of them. It is the best non-Zelda Zelda yeah. game that I've ever played. That's why I hear it's really good. Get to it. It's long though, isn't it? And I think that's uh, what puts me off. Oh, yeah. Um I didn't play it when it was first out. I didn't play it until the HD version. And yeah, uh, I played through and you get to the end, or at least what you think is the end. And that takes about 18 to 20 hours. And then you realize you're only a third of the way through the game. Blimey, okay. Uh, And that's not going in for like all the secrets. And then there's New Game Plus, New Game Plus Plus, etc, etc. It is a long ass game, but it's really, really good. One day I'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> not dur- not as we're about to enter the Christmas rush, perhaps. No, no. But yeah, that's my definite, like de facto one that I regret. Anyone else? Pick a Final Fantasy. <laughs> any? For- oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Have you not played any of them? I played seven a little bit, um, oh. but I don't think I got too far out of Midgar. Um, so I didn't, which probably isn't all that far into it, and I don't think I ever really played much of the rest of them. Um, so that would probably be my biggest one. So you, what you never did you say you never left Midgar? Uh, I never got very far out of it. I don't think. Oh right, okay, yeah, because that's when you leave Midgar. That's really when the game properly yeah. begins. Mm. But that's that's like, yeah, the Midgar section is the. I think that's the entire first disc. Of that of that mm. game, so it's like a quarter of the game. Um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, are you a fan of JRPGs in general? Or is it just not really your genre? No, I don't mind JRPGs in general. Um, mm. So it's, but for whatever reason, I was always more of a sort of Shining Force um, or Shining Souls that sort of um, one that was sort of in and around sort of the same sort of time period and things like that, and even yeah. uh, Grandia. So Final Fantasy is mm. just sort of one big black spot for me um, for most of it. Although I think I do have a couple of the anthology ones on the PlayStation 1 um, yeah. somewhere, but again, just never really got around to playing them. 
I've never played any of the old ones prior to uh, 7, mm. but I played 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, most of 12. I tried um, 13, but it was garbage. <laughs> um, and I'm not that bothered about 15, to be honest. But um, you can pick up like the old PS1 um, Final Fantasy games. They have quite regular sales yeah. where you can get uh, a, a bunch of them, like the, the PS1 classics on PS3 and Vita yeah. for dirt cheap. So I've got seven on my Vita now. Yeah, I've got, I've got access to 7, 8, and 9 on the Vita, plus I bought the uh, HD remake of 10 and 10 2. Um, the problem is, is like if you ask ten different uh, Final Fantasy fans, which is the which is the one that you should play, you'll get ten different answers <laughs> because everybody's got their own favourite. Um, seven's probably probably the most accessible uh, of the bunch, although it's not my favourite mm. of the lot. Chances are, um, I probably do have at least a couple of them on Steam. Um, oh but, yeah, but, yeah. For so sure. again, yeah. I'll get round to them at some stage. I, I, there's too many of them. I, I just think that's one of those you never properly get round. I'll never do it justice, kind of. I'm, I'm the same. I think when I bought, when I got um, a DS, I was like, right, there's so many different versions on this. I'm going to get as many of them as I can, and I never finished any of them. <laughs> I bought all the because there's a few that they re-released on Game Boy Advance and stuff, and. So I've got gl- lashings of them and I'll never finish them, I know <laughs> No. For me, it's probably one that Stu reminded me about a couple of weeks ago, which is the Evil Dead Fistful of Boomsticks, mm. uh, which you picked up on PS2, I think, wasn't it? It's for next to nothing. It was, yeah, I picked it up on PS2 from a charity shop. Pound 50, I think it was. God! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, just because I'm a massive Evil Dead fan, but um, I don't know whether the game's any good. But it was one of them that just passed me by, and then by the time I'd got the PS3, of course, it was just defunct. And I suppose the only option really now, unless you actually go back to the original hardware, is for something like Evil Dead, which um, isn't available digitally, is probably running it or hoping to get it picked up on disc and then running an emulator on the PC. Mm. Uh, which I have recently tried actually. Um, whenever I was back up at my mum and dad's, I lifted a copy of R Type Final and Outrun 2 Coast to Coast, which are two of the games that I had on my 16 and 16 um, sort of games list. Mm. So I'm going to try and get those working. So again, yeah, um, Evil Dead will be another one to um, actually try on the emulator and see if I can get it running reasonably and uh, have a go at it. Experimentation. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think mine would probably be Eco. Uh, I didn't play it when it came out. Um, played Shadow of the Colossus when that came out. I absolutely loved that. And then uh, when they released the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus HD remakes on uh, on PS3 and then uh, gave those away on PS Plus, I got hold of them both and played through Shadow of the Colossus again and still absolutely loved it. Went back to play Eco because, you know, people have been telling me for years what an amazing game it is. And um, I think I'd just missed the boat uh, and it was just a little bit too dated and the control system was just a little bit too archaic and I just couldn't get into it, um, which is a real shame because it's supposed to be an incredible game. Have any of you played Eco? Yeah, it makes you feel very lonely though because mm. <laughs> you just seem to be a little dot in a big empty world for a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I love Child of the Colossus. Like I said, I'm going to play The Last Guardian, but Eco, uh, I think the time has passed for that and I, I 
just didn't really enjoy it when I tried to play it, which is a shame. I, I picked him up again in that big in Japan sale that were on mm. a couple of, a couple of months ago on yeah. PS Network. So I'm gonna have another bash at them. It's like um, I guess if you hadn't played um, Metal Gear Solid Two. Um, Metal Gear, the first Metal Gear, the controls mm. aren't too bad. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3, if you hadn't played them at the time and then you come back to play them now, uh, the controls are really awkward and fiddly. Uh, and so it's fine for me because I love those games and I've got a lot of nostalgia mm. for them. But if you were coming to them fresh, they would feel absolutely horrible to play it. And that's the problem I had with Eco. It just didn't feel good to play. Yeah, it's like the Resident Evil games as well. The control yes. system. Yes. Yeah, you, especially the first one. It's an absolute Tank pig. Controls. You know, mm. you get so uh, mollycoddled these days. You know, everything is so smooth and so easy. Then you go back to that and it is clunky as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. It's a problem that once... Um, control schemes started to become sort of like codified uh, like this they, they became like an accepted control scheme for different types of yeah. game like Call of Duty set what the control scheme should be like for a first person shooter Gears of War probably was the game that set what the control scheme should be for a third person shooter etc mm. etc et when you go back and try and play games from before those periods <laughs> when they were just throwing whatever controls to whatever buttons they could find um they feel a little bit clunky to play and that's the problem I had with Eco. It's even more of a nightmare on the GameCube because that made no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Res Evil 4 in quite a while but I imagine if I went back to it now it would feel a bit awkward to play. Mm, probably, yeah. It is still sort of tanky, isn't it? A little yes. bit. Because of the over-the-shoulder we're used to more... not Because you can move the camera and stuff but it's still kind of stuck behind... Leon's shoulder mm. for the most part. You can't rotate the camera, you can only rotate the character. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That yeah, was, yeah. Yes. So that's how you change your view, yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, it's very of its time. Mm. So, friend of the show, Mike Dixon at TestU27 uh, messages to ask which game do you wish you hadn't spent so much time <laughs> on? Wow. Uh, Who wants to start us off on this one? Me. Okay. <laughs> I imagine there's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands. Um, A-Train HX. It's... What? Yeah, it's <laughs> what? <laughs> that's got your mystified on it. <laughs> it. It's a game that sold about three copies in the UK, I think. Um, it came out on the same day as Call of Duty World of War. Might even been the one before that. I can't remember. But my word. I just sunk so much time into that. It was embarrassing. And um, just trying to figure it out each week in, week out, just trying to figure out the tax returns and what have you, because it was very, very intense. It's a train management game, and it, no sane person should be spending that much time trying to figure out the tax returns on a game. <laughs> but then um, I finally cracked and had a look at a, um, a YouTube video. There was only one, because there were only about three people that had the bloody game. And... Um, Aid showed you exactly how you do it and you just gamble and you tend to just win the game straight away problem was I'd already had it by then for about six years <laughs> sure <laughs> I still still never platinumed it I got, I got something like 900 points and then thought I can't do it I can't. <laughs> I've got to get, give it up now so yeah I think I lost about 8 months of my life to A-Train HX 
Wow, Jesus. <laughs> really? Wow. It's a massive game. It's still. really intense. Yeah, but it's a bit addictive, shall we say, as well. Hmm. Anyone else? Mine's a tricky one. I might say Football Manager. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I, mm. I, I both regret a lot of the time spent on that, but also don't. <laughs> yeah. When I think of... Like the university experience when I was at Halls and there was like five or six of us all playing at the same time and telling stories. That was good. But then the nights sat watching TV endlessly playing it on my own, perhaps I could have been doing better things (laughs) at that time. Mm -hmm. Although when my wife comes home and she's like, what have you been doing all day? And I'm like, this? (laughs) Like, I haven't moved. I'm still in my pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> still in those famous pants, yeah. just doing nothing. What have you done all day? I won the Champions League. What have you done with your day? <laughs> exactly. I like, bought some clothes. Big fucking deal. <laughs> sure, that's exactly the answer I was going to give as well. I mean, there's, there's games I've played uh, which I wish I could go back and unplay like uh, Assassin's Creed 3 which I played all the way through and it's yeah. just a bad game uh, <laughs> and the maybe two to three hours I put into Killzone Shadowfall for some reason um, I wish I could get that time back but yeah I've got a love-hate relationship with Football Manager I, I miss it from time to time uh, and I had I, I had some great times playing it um, again quite a lot at uni where you know you didn't really have many responsibilities and so you could sit around in your pants all day <laughs> and play it transfer deadline day exactly. sit in front of yeah. the TV Sky Sports News on all day and play that all day but um, I there's just so many like uh, the amount of time if I went back and booted them up and had a look at the, the like the, the clock and see how many weeks of game time was put it's into disgusting. them yeah and think the other games that I could have played in that time or the other things I could have done with that time um, it's bad because it's just a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah <I> put, <laughs> it's just a glorified spreadsheet yeah like I'm giving it I'm giving Kevin a deal about his thing when really no, football manager is no, no better no. you're panicking about your transfer window aren't you I've put weeks and weeks of real time into a glorified spreadsheet <laughs> um, and I probably regret that <laughs> Um, for me, it's probably along the same sort of um, management style programs. It would be EWR, which is Extreme Warfare Revenge, um, which is actually a wrestling um, company simulator. <laughs> well, like football manager for wrestling. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. You you manage your promotion and sort of set up the feuds and things um, within that. And obviously then try and gain popularity for both the wrestlers and your promotion itself while competing against the other promotions. Um, so yeah, that's another one that I've sunk countless hours into. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, again, it, probably just like Football Manager, it's something that's fun to do at the time, but then you kind of look back on it and go, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what we're saying then is it's management games. We've all played management games and... We're all suckers for well, them. <laughs> some of them I've sunk a lot of time into and I don't regret at all. Like Sim City, I could still happily sit and play Sim City for hours. Oh yeah. Mm. And yeah, Sith yeah. Five yeah. And, and games like that, but Definitely. I don't know, something about football managers just makes me feel really guilty. <laughs> I've just looked at my game timer. So this is football manager twenty eleven. I spent eight hundred and twenty four hours. Jesus. <laughs> And when you consider that's after I finished university, so I'm sure the previous ones that were pre-steamed I owned on disc were a lot more hours than that. Yeah, 
and that was that was one year's worth as well. Yeah, because then you look at I missed twenty two thousand twelve for some reason, but twenty thirteen five hundred and twenty six hours. Yeah, so like I've got twelve hundred hours logged in Destiny, but that's across nearly three years. Yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> managers truncated into a twelve month period. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> uh, I take it back. I do regret that. I could have, I could have been doing better things. <laughs> so our very own uh, Andy Piddy, uh, Andrew Pidicecki, at Andy Piddy on uh, Twitter. Uh, he's, I thought you were Pidicecki. Is it? I thought it was Pidicecki. Um, I don't know. Damn. Andy, I'm terribly sorry if we've been mispronouncing <laughs> your name all this time, considering he was a founding member of this podcast. <laughs> we've known him over a year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go around. Yeah, Andy Piddy. Um, he's uh, on tour at the moment in, in Texas. Uh, so he's uh, tweeting to say, uh, Western theme is heavy here in Texas, so what would you like to see in Red Dead 2? Well, firstly, I'd like to know that there is going to be a Red Dead 2. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. not just a pipe dream. But, um, yeah. Who wants to start us off in this one? I don't know. Just more of the same, really, which is boring as that sounds. <laughs> I've got an idea. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, my Johnny- God. <laughs> Johnny Greenwood doing a soundtrack and an oil well. Milkshakes. Oh my word! Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and Paul Dano or Dano, or however you pronounce his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That would be good. Yeah, or, that'll do me. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt Damon and uh, Jeff Bridges and Haley <laughs> Haley Stansfield. Is that yeah. her name? Yeah, yeah. From True. No, Gre- no, no. Baked beans. Baked we need baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> That's just for Gene. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Gene. Can I have the cast of Tombstone in there as a side mission? Yeah, that would be good, yeah. Um, Not young guns. <laughs> in all seriousness, no, uh, I'd like them to go back, um, because they can't really go much more beyond the end of uh, in, in chronological, mm. beyond the end of it, because the, the whole well, the whole central premise of that game is it was the death of the Wild West. Yeah. Um, yeah. With civilization creeping in. I'd like them to go a little bit further back, um, either to you know generation before or even further back, sort of proper frontier times. Mm. Um, so anything that even remotely resembles the TV show Deadwood would be amazing because I love Deadwood. Yeah, um, yeah, that that would be awesome. Yeah, uh, it's, it would be nice of them to like to have a little look at some of the social issues from that period as well. Like there was. They went a little bit about um, uh, American, not really persecution, but sort of like hatred of Mexicans. Um, mm. But you know, if you go, that's still there. Yeah, well, yeah, there is. <laughs> Thanks, Donald. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, going a little bit further back, there was the same issue with with Chinese immigrants and, and Cornish immigrants. Um, it would be nice to have, uh, have a look at a little look at some of the, the social problems from that period and. I don't think there were any Native Americans at all in Red Dead Redemption no, or Red Dead Redolver. Um, yeah, that would be a good idea to go mm. with that sort of angle. Even if you were playing one, maybe, but that might be too much of a Ooh. stretch. Mm. Could don't be know. a good uh, download pack, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, like DLC or something, or yeah. standalone thing. But the Call of Juarez stuff, that was pretty good, wasn't it? The Gunslinger, um, you know, because that was really much... Like it was in the thick of things, you know, a um, Wild Bill and stuff. So, don't know. 
Hmm. Still got that to go back and play, actually. It's on PS Plus Perhaps. recently, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck on that completely. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you do an episode on that one as well? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still stuck at the same spot. <laughs> oh my god, fair. <laughs> it's another A train. So in the green room before the uh, episode, well, actually on the Twitter chat, uh, Adam, you were talking uh, about uh, wondering why there hasn't been uh, a movie franchise spin-off of the Warhammer series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Considering, you know, how rabid um, the cult fan base is for that series. Yeah. So I was just wondering, just a, a quick one answer each, uh, if you could have any game franchise turn into a movie, what would it be? Ooh. Oh, that's harder than you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> um. See, I thought about it beforehand, and now I'm, now I'm double-guessing myself. You know what, though? There's been so many franchises you would think would make awesome movies that have made crap movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Hitman. You would think there's something there, and those Hitman movies haven't been great. No. Well, they've yeah. been done... Well, those Hitman films haven't been... That they haven't made a hitman film. Yeah, they've just made an action film that happens action. to star sure. Agent Forty Seven. Mm. Bit the same with the Resident Evil films. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Well, that's just Paul W. S. Anderson doing <laughs> Paul W. S. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a drop of blood in the first one. So how the hell they managed that? I don't know. I, don't know. I saw the first one at the cinema. Oh, God knows why. <laughs> yeah, well, I might have done as well. Actually, it's bad. Oh my god, it was I'm real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was young, I didn't know any better. <laughs> That's my excuse too. <laughs> I was 49. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to say Deus Ex because it's topical. Oh, yeah, that was one I was thinking Ooh, of as well. You know, like... Um, it's a bit like how Blade Runner and maybe like the Matrix and stuff it has that very distinct like fashion style that would be cool and mm-hmm. um, very mm, yeah. like certainly like the new iterations of it has a very distinct colour palette and stuff that would be cool to see in a movie yeah um, I, yeah, I'm going to say Deus Ex mm. yeah that could, that could be one that would work yeah I'll go with Command and Conquer Red Alert Oof. Oh mate, but, that, but isn't that pretty much Exists, a yeah. film anyway? Well, yeah, that, you could argue that the yeah the FMV within the games itself probably yes. does make up a, a movie in itself, <laughs> um, but it would just be so wonderfully cheesy. Was Red Alert the one the that top. had James Earl Jones and Tim Curry Tim and Curry, people like yeah. that? Oh, Tim Curry was definitely Red Alert. Yeah, well, I think James Earl Jones might have been regular Command and Conquer. Yeah, certainly yeah. Red Alert 2 had uh, Tim Curry, Ric Flair. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> was it uh, Gemma Atkinson? Oh, um, yeah. And a couple of other people as well within that. So, yes, the, the cheesy, you know, the acting and everything is hammy and cheesy, but it would just be just a fun, um, daft, you know, leave your brain at the door action movie. Hmm. On that note, then, I'd probably go for Bayonetta, but it'd have to be a full, hardcore, sexy, um, violent <laughs> stuff. We could not have an R-rated version of that. That's going to have to be full triple X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, I don't know. I was going to say Deus Ex as well, so I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So you should have got in there first. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe Mass Effect. I mean, yeah, that would have to be God, like yeah. a really big budget, full-on space opera trilogy of mm. films. Um, might be a little bit risky to try, but I don't know. I, yeah, something like that would be interesting. Or maybe 
if someone would give give him the money um, just let Hideo Kojima make the Metal Gear film that he always wanted to make um, that he tried to, he tried to insert into his film like <laughs> god the Metal Gear Solid 4 has got like I think it's 90 minutes worth of cutscenes in the first yeah. chapter mm. um, yeah so yeah, well, there's a whole bunch of periods in that game isn't there where you do nothing for close to an hour <laughs> yes yeah yeah that was the worst. Uh, Unskippable. Yeah. Um, there's a few that are already being made into film. I guess like what uh, we've got Assassin's Creed coming out, and there's. Um, I like the look of that. Yeah, I don't care what you say. See, yeah. I do. When I was talking about Unity, I still think there's a good story to be told somewhere in Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I, yeah, there's something there. Whether that movie's mm. is another thing, but I'd I say do. like the I trust the director. But then, I trusted Duncan Jones, and apparently the Warcraft film yeah. is bad. Um, mm. But yeah, that, 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 I mean, um, there's, aren't they trying to make an Uncharted film as well? And there's been talk for ages about a Last a of Us time. film. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah, Mass Effect. I'd like to see a Mass Effect film. They're gonna end up being another Mario Brothers film anyway. So I don't know why they're Who would team up with uh, John Leguizamo though? <laughs> oh yeah. Are you going to John Leguizamo as Mario and then have somebody younger then as Luigi? Ah, uh, yeah. Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Why not? He's in everything else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we could have John Leguizamo and Joe Pants. What have you pronounced his surname? Oh, Pantaliano. Joe Pants. Yeah, yeah. Joey, <laughs> pa- Joey Pants and Johnny Legs. In, um, <laughs> in the new Mario Brothers film. That would be great, yeah. How will it be The Rock as Bowser then? Yes. <laughs> no, you'd have Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great, actually, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, moving on to what we've been playing over the last week or so. Uh, Kev, do you want to start us off? Yeah, because mine's pretty quick anyway. <laughs> last, <laughs> last week or so, I've, I've not been on the show for four weeks and I've still only played one bleeding game. <laughs> like the, the original Laps Gamer. Um, I've finally finished Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Can't remember when it came out. I think it came out about three months ago. Uh, yeah, Maybe. it was. I think it was like April that it came out. Oh, were it? Oh, great! Wow, I'm really up to speed, aren't I? Uh, yeah, finally finished that. Um, just love the game. Absolutely love it. Uh, it's great design. Mm. Um, it's very addictive as far as trying to collect everything. You know, you've got to collect loads and loads of bolt, bolts throughout the game to upgrade your guns. And the guns are at the usual level of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some insane weaponry in there and some insane gadgets. Yeah. And there's lots more to do. You've got the collectible cards that you can get in the game, which is quite a nice little distraction. Hmm. Um, but I've finished it and I've only got 42% of the trophies and I've just looked at what you're supposed to do to get 100% and thought, eh, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, um, it's probably one of the easier games to get a platinum on, um, but it's just you have to go back through all those levels again, find mm. all the secrets, get all the cards... You've uh, got to go through it again on challenge mode as well. Yeah, challenge mode's kind of alright. It's fine. Um, it's just playing through it again. I think you can play through it in any order you want. 
All um, oh, right, that's not too bad then. And you keep everything you've already got unlocked, uh, mm. so you can play through the earlier levels with some of the weapons you don't get till later on. Plus, you can uh, you've got to get like the uh, Amiga version of every single weapon, which means that you have to use all of the guns, even the ones you don't like, uh, mm. enough to level them up to get the Amiga version. I like the Sheepinator. Yeah. Or whatever it was. The Sheepinator yeah, is good, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Zircon is one of my favourites. Oh, Mr. Zircon just accompanied me everywhere. Yeah. He would leveled up so quickly. It was ridiculous. So good, yeah. <laughs> uh, that game is absolutely gorgeous as well. Like, it's it's stunning to look at. It's to look at. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only problem I had, which probably was what derailed it for me, was the um, final boss battle yes. with um, Dr. Nefario or Nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, that took me right back to the 80s you know you've got such a ridiculous curve it's not so much a curve it's more of a massive plank stood in front of you mm. um, yeah that was just an 80s boss battle you know you've just got no idea what to do there's no definitive tactic to do it it's no. just a matter of try and battle on and try and survive don't matter what weapon you're using I used quite a mass of weapons yeah nothing seems to damage him it takes ages as well it's a real slog I just ended up using the I think it's the lock on rocket launcher that and the predator launcher predator yeah yeah, yeah. just that yeah. over and over again but well, I know what you the... mean it's like the difficulty curve ramps up really smoothly <laughs> all the way through yeah. the game and then just hits a wall at that final <laughs> boss fight yeah um, it's one of the few down points of that game really because apart from that it's it's really good really really it's like a solid like you know um, oh yeah action platformer it's definitely different five star game yeah. apart from that bit you know and then it just seems to hit it and I was looking again at the age rating and it's a seven year old you know and I'm thinking this is for kids mm. and yet no this last level is not for kids at all it's no. just a ludicrous level but maybe it's just that kids have got better reflexes than me and <laughs> yeah. know what they're doing better than I do these days I don't know yeah I think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, do you want to do yours? So this week I have I've been playing sort of little bits and pieces of games, so nothing um, particularly worth talking about. But what I have been doing and following on from the unboxing video that uh, Mark was very kind enough to edit and put up onto the YouTube video, I have been playing with my Steam controller. The uh, controller itself is uh, just a lovely, actually, piece of hardware. Um, I said in the video that it feels a little plasticky but still robust and uh, I do stick by mm. that um, but it's very very nice to hold and uh, sit and play the games one have you it on. looks it looks really chunky like I like a chunky it controller. is yeah it's definitely yeah. on the chunkier side of um, say the old PS3 controllers and things mm. like that um, not quite maybe as chunky as the original Xbox controller oh, um, that controller was but great mm. <laughs> yeah, but it is definitely nice to hold mm. and uh, whenever you look at it it sort of looks weird because there's the sort of dips into um, for the sort of haptic feedback um, pads and what have you but uh, no the it's just really really nice to actually use I imagine that design where it dips in though like it means that it's really easy to find the pads without having to look at the controller it is yeah um, your thumbs are right there on them um, whenever you need them and uh, even sort of getting access to the one analog stick on it and even the sort of face buttons on it as well is very very easy and uh, yeah you don't, again um, it's just a well designed controller that you don't need to look down mm. on and uh, at the back of it there's two little um, sort of paddle controllers plus the extra are uh, the four shoulder mm. buttons uh, two on each um, side of it as well what I've been doing with it is just playing games on Steam just to see how it works 
for games that do have joypad support, the using an Xbox um, controller or a PlayStation controller is still probably better. But I have been playing a couple of games and which don't have native joypad support. Uh, for example, Dirty Bomb, which is a first-person shooter um, multiplayer online, um, which otherwise would be played with mouse and keyboard, and I had a quick go at it, and it held up really nicely on the uh, Steam controller. Whenever you first start the game, it gives you the option of downloading a game profile, um, if you don't already have one installed for it. So whenever I did that, I just chose the first uh, one on the list, um, which was sort of a general uh, mouse and keyboard setup and it actually played really really well. The um, controls within Dirty Bomb seemed fairly intuitive um, about which buttons you should be using and felt very similar to um, just playing a normal first person shooter and um, with that. I've also played things like um, uh, Binding of Isaac which again doesn't have native controller support and within Binding of Isaac it actually tells you to go and uh, use an intermediary program like Joy Decay um, or something similar mm. uh, to try and use. And then obviously there's trying to work out which mappings or trying to get a profile for mappings, uh, key mappings to the joypad. Whereas um, again, whenever I started Binding of Isaac up on Steam with the controller, I just chose the default profile and uh, it worked really nicely. So, um, what, so are these profiles like community made or... A lot of them seem to be community okay. made. Um, I've seen sort of previous things on Twitter um, saying that some developers and what have you have actually spent a little bit of time and set up their own profiles, which they think should work um, well with the Steam controller. And so they are there, but again, um, just sort of the community um, bits and pieces that the community have done and set up for it um, do seem to be fairly good. Mm. I haven't went in and actually tried tweaking any of the configurations as yet and uh, I'll get around to that at some stage um, just to see if I can um, just adapt them a little bit nicer um, for my own taste. Um, but so far I'm very very pleased with mm. them. One of the nice little bonuses of it is um, my son doesn't really play on the computer um, he's more of a used to sort of touchscreens and tablets and things like that, but my computer doesn't have a, a touchscreen monitor. So what we he I showed him the controller and he said, "Can I have a go on it?" So we um, started up the computer and put on some of the Disney games uh, like "Where's My Water," "Where's My Perry," or um, "Where's My Mickey," um, which would normally use the touchscreen to try and sort of clear away dirt and. Uh, manipulate sort of water or liquid um, throughout the level to get to a certain point. He would have struggled um, quite a bit using the mouse to try and do that, but he's actually managed really well on the uh, Steam controller. Mm. Um, just using one of the little haptic pads um, as the mouse controller, and then using one of the shoulder buttons as the actual mouse click. Right, and uh, cool. he's uh, he's it's been surprising how quickly he picked it up, and uh, that's just using like the default desktop. Um, sort of mouse keyboard um, profile that automatically loads up whenever you start hmm. sounds cool so yeah um, as I say Steam uh, for the last or Valve for the last six months or so have been running um, usually a special offer on their Steam hardware which includes the Steam controller and the Steam link um, which is usually about 30% off um, so it just so happened that I had a £10 gift voucher um, from the Kodak Momentum podcast and a couple of days actually after I got that I got a £10 on a scratch card 
which I said, well, I'm going to put that to the Steam controller as well. So just the next time that the offer um, came around, I was going to buy it. So with the 30% off on my Steam credit, it cost me £20. And there was a little bit of postage packaging, which was about £7.40, uh, which is a little bit steep, but it was still cheaper than um, going to game. And because I had the credit there anyway, mm. Um, mm. it worked out quite nicely. So yeah, I... If you are mostly a um, PC uh, gamer who does have access or does play on Steam and is thinking about using it uh, or getting a controller for other games that aren't necessarily joypad compatible, um, I would definitely say look out for Mm. it. Um, I know there are... Occasionally um, the Steam controller would crop up in CEX um, for maybe in around £30 or so. Um, so it might be worth looking out for a second-hand one. And I know game usually do it for in around £40. Um, if you're looking to get one on the high street as opposed to necessarily through Steam itself. But certainly the ordering process through Steam was very easy. Um, for for what Considering you don't usually think of them as sort of um, hardware providers. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly um, there was the updates, emails and things like that. And the controller actually arrived within maybe uh, four days or so. Um, for business days, mm. uh, which is quite impressive. How how in terms of like just f- holding a controller? How does the how does it rank against some of the other controllers you've played with? Um, it's sort just sort of general sort of feel and what have you that you mean? Yeah, yeah. How like in terms of like comfort because that's like the main thing that you want in a controller. Um, is it comfortable to use? It's, from the sort of limited play that I've given it so far, it is definitely comfortable. Um, hmm. I would say, sort of in terms of um, just sort of how it feels in your hand, I would say it's probably close to a GameCube controller. Oh, oh, oh one of my favourites. That's that sort of. It just feels now. that sort of um, sort of niceness, and um, with the paddles yeah. at the back, just sort of resting where your fingers and what have you would usually grip. Um, yeah. So yeah, overall, um, it's it, it's nice to hold. So it is, and it, it definitely feels a little bit weightier just because um, it actually uses two AA batteries as well. Um, mm. So that adds a little bit of um, sort of weight to it. Uh, so whether or not that would be maybe a little bit tiring over sort of a prolonged session or whatever, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, no, it is. Mm. It it just has that nice sort of. Um, I want to say hand feel. That's not quite right, but yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> it, 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 if, it feels nice in your hand. If you can use yes. the phrase mouth feel, then you can use the phrase hand feel. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's. It, I would. It would never happen. But if the Steam controller was, if if we were still in the days where you could get third party controllers uh, for the modern uh, consoles, if this, if I could get a Steam controller working with the PS4, that would be. It not mainly the thing about having those extra little paddles on the back mm-hmm. because um, that's something that I would really like in a controller, uh, especially playing things like Overwatch, where it's nice to be able to have your jump button mapped to something that isn't, uh, which means you don't have to take your thumb off the right stick so that you can jump and yeah. aim. At the same time, and if you want, unless you fiddle around with the controller settings and take away the functionality of one of the shoulder buttons, uh, the only way you can do that is by buying like a scuff controller or the um, Xbox One Pro controller, um, mm. and that's going to cost you like 120, 130 pounds yeah. 
Back if you remember the good old days, PS1 and PS2 period, where you could get Mad Cat's controllers and, and third-party <laughs> memory cards that had way more storage than the uh, the first-party ones. Yeah, oh, I miss those days. You guys remember Competition Pro controllers? Mm, can't say that I do. They had, they had like, all sorts of funny auto-fire shenanigans yeah. and stuff and, like, weird locks on buttons. Yeah, and if you want something like that now, it costs you more than 100 quid. Then you have to get them custom-built as well. Oh well. Anyway, yeah, sorry. So the other one that I've been playing this week isn't really a game. As the other guys on the podcast know, um, for exercise and what have you, I do a lot of running. Um, so for I've kind of started from uh, probably about five years ago, actually. I wanted to sort of get a little bit more exercise and what have you, and going to the gym, etc. Um, wasn't necessarily the easiest thing to do at the time. So it was easier just to throw on a pair of tracks, bottoms, pair of trainers and actually just go out running. The sort of first real run that I did was as part of the team relay um, in the Belfast Marathon. And then the following year I decided, right, let's actually do a marathon. So that has been so far the first and only marathon that I have run. It was a reasonably respectable 4 hours 10 minutes um, for getting around it. But I was absolutely wrecked for a good couple of weeks after that. So it was. So at the minute, my sort of running distance is about a half marathon. And I have another one coming up in about three weeks, the Belfast Half Marathon, which is usually uh, sort of the finish of my road race season um, during the year. Although this year I haven't done an awful lot. What I usually listen to whenever I'm um, doing my runnings is a little app, um, sort of slash game called Zombies Run. It's a very clever uh, little um, application. It is like a radio serial um, of a sort of zombie or the aftermath of a zombie apocalypse um, with you as runner five. Um, You are, in sort of the first couple of episodes, you are brought down um, while being transported um, via helicopter to Able Township, um, which is where you were going to sort of help out with their needs and things like that but as you progress through the season um, which are usually about uh, 20 episodes or so um, sort of for each season which seem to be released on uh, sort of a yearly schedule at the minute um, you get sort of a new picture of the story of what's going on etc and the they're sort of the running theme you meet different characters etc and each time you go out you um, start a new mission so it could be just maybe a quick sort of gathering mission or whatever um, but there will always be a little bit of sort of the overarching story um, within each of those missions it's a really nice little application um, at the minute they are doing a sort of subscription based um, sort of a yearly subscription um, which I think I have a funny feeling it's in around sort of six pounds. It might be a little bit dearer than that. Um, but for that six pound or whatever in the year, you get access to all the story missions um, within uh, that have currently been released, plus all the extra bonus missions and things like that. There's a little bit of a gamification aspect to the application as well, because as you're running, um, you'll hear little sort of audio clips saying that you've picked up a um, certain bits of supplies, like a shirt or a baseball bat or a book. Um, sometimes you'll pick up key items which are actually then part of the mission that you were listening to at the time and with these then you once you're finished your run you can go back into the app and you can actually upgrade and build new buildings within the township um, that you're doing so it's 
a f- clever little thing, as I say. It's a running um, sort of mentor. It keeps um, the GPS tracking and what have you on your phone. Um, actually, it helps you sort of map your runs. It does good pacing, etc. Um, you can turn zombie chases on or off. So sometimes, um, if you've got them on, whenever you're actually doing your run, um, you'll be told that there's zombies sort of closing in on you, which is an indication then to sort of quicken up your pace and what have you, and sort of try and sprint out of the way. Usually I'm sort of more of a um, sort of steady pace runner, so I usually have those turned off. Um, But overall, for somebody who... I would say the Zombies Run app itself is more for a serious runner who is maybe putting in um, sort of maybe uh, anywhere between sort of three miles and sort of upwards per week. Um, There is another cheaper um, option and is a smaller one. They actually do a Zombies Run 5k. Um, challenge which is actually um, I initially used it whenever I started um, running it's basically similar to the Couch to 5k um, application run by the NHS um, but it actually takes you through sort of building up your distances and what have you and building up your pace again while giving you the story elements um, within that the Zombies Run app also links in with your the music player um, on the um, phone itself um, so you can actually have your own playlists of mp3s etc um, within that and they will just be interspersed in between the audio clips of the actual story itself so for people who would be wanting um, some sort of exercise app or whatever or just looking for that little bit more motivation or a reason to go out um, I find the Zombies Run um, application very very useful and uh, it's a nice distraction um, from whenever you're actually putting in the miles and uh, getting out and about um, today you can set mission lengths etc um, sort of in anywhere in between sort of 10 minutes long or um, an awful lot longer and usually whenever I might I usually set them for about 20-25 minutes so you can usually um, get through maybe 3 or 4 um, missions in any one run um, today was a 10 miler and it was very very warm today but uh, again it's a, a nice little distraction to it hmm um, quick plug for my uh, yet again for my my favourite criminally underrated YouTube channel Super Bunny Hop. Uh, he did a video a while ago on fitness games, and um, actually did a little bit about Zombies Run during that. So that video is well worth a watch if you're interested. Mm. Certainly, um, I'm actually following Zombies Run on Twitter as well, and they've actually retweeted um, Will Wheaton um, a couple of times. Um, actually using it, what have you and. I'm trying to promote it, and certainly they seem to be quite keen on retweeting things from their fans and people um, who have actually sort of used it and sort of interact with the Twitter feed itself. So they do seem to be quite a nice little group. It was, as far as I can remember, the original app was actually run on a Kickstarter. Um, so it was, and I think anybody who originally backed that up um, gets like a lifetime subscription or whatever um, to the application itself, and I think they were all mentioned in the credits and things like that. So that it does, nice. yeah, it does seem to be um, sort of very sort of fan focused, and you know, not quite, sort of made well paid for by the people, but for the people. And uh, certainly they're up to season five now, and don't seem to be showing any signs of um, slowing down on the releases and things, or their yearly releases uh, for the actual story modes and things like that. So yeah, it's just a, a nice little distraction, as I say, and just something to listen to. Um, you actually, they're all the cast and Javier are very well voiced, and it's good to sort of get to know them as such. And so whenever anything does happen to them, and uh, 
you do get a little bit emotional about it. But it's very, very good. <laughs> Does it do a version where you can build yourself up to walking half a mile? <laughs> you can probably start with a 5k one. I think I would eventually get up that far, yes. Because <laughs> I, I, I intend to walk half a mile by the end of this year, honestly. Half a mile's not that far, Kev. No, it's not. It's less than you think it is. I would dare say... I. It's twice as far as the off-licence, forget it. <laughs> well, if it's twice as far as the off-licence, is that and back? Because I'm sure I'm sure yeah. you don't just camp out in the off-licence. You no, don't he, know me. He walks to the off-licence and stumbles back. <laughs> Kev, it'd be really interesting to put a pedometer on you, and I think you'd actually be genuinely surprised about how many steps and what have you, and potentially what sort of distance you would cover um, while you're at work. Um, mm. Particularly for, you know, for being shop staff and what have you. Um, yeah. Certainly it was something that I definitely noticed whenever I started um, in the civil service and actually started being stuck behind a desk. Um, I've actually now switched to a standing desk and uh, mm. have been using that for about two years now and it uh, definitely makes a difference with us. Mm. A standing desk is something I've, I've thought about mm-hmm. looking at. Apparently it's like really, really uncomfortable for the first like week or two it, and then you get used to it. Yeah, it definitely takes a little bit of getting used to. Um, yeah. Myself and a colleague, um, we <laughs> one Friday we were not quite bored, but it was we'd been sort of discussing standing desks and what have you before, and we found very simple instructions um, using sort of IKEA hacks. Um, so we were able to actually put together a standing desk um, for ourselves for less than I think two desks actually technically cost about twenty five pounds. In reality, it's just now a little IKEA lack table um, sitting on top of our desks and work with extra little sort of shelf brackets and a little shelf to hold the keyboard and uh, no it works out really well um, mm. admittedly it was never really passed through our health and safety but we, <laughs> we don't care we've been using it for two years now and nobody said no to us so we're still using it and uh, no we're finding it actually really beneficial to her Adam do you want to tell us about what you've been playing then sure um, so I can't believe I missed the first one off when I was on the show last been playing a bunch of um, Rock Band 4. Is this the, the new Rock Band? This is the one on like the current gen systems, yeah. Right, okay. Um, rock, rock Band Live, is it called? Oh no, that's Guitar Hero Live. Oh right, yeah, sorry, rock, sorry. Yeah. Rock Band kept with the numbers. So this is Rock Band ah, 4. Okay. Um, so I bought that. It was going cheap on Amazon over here, so I only paid $50, which is like £25 for the good. game and the guitar. Um, I also bought a microphone so that a wife will play with me. Um, <laughs> surprisingly, despite being tone deaf, she can five-star songs singing, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> is incredible. And the problem is she can do that and keeps getting higher scores than me on the guitar, <laughs> leading her to somehow think she's better at games than me. <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun. It's some like she doesn't like many games. She struggles with like 3D games or any games that use both sticks. So it's something we can casually kind of play together. Spent far too much money on DLC randomly because each song's only like two dollars. Um, bought Rock Band three to import those songs. So then I had to take the Rock Band disc to work to boot it up on a 360. To then be able to import them and all this jazz, but it was worth it because you get in, like, it cost me £15 for the copy of Rock Band 3 and then imported them in 
for another fifteen pounds. So it's like thirty pounds for a hundred odd songs. That answers one of my questions because I thought um, for some reason that Rock Band Four just quite came as a game. There was no content on it. Is that the truth, or is that something that's you know it, it's got like a skeleton there, and then you just add to it with DLC? Yeah, it comes with quite a lot of songs. It comes all with right. maybe eighty songs or something. Yeah, um, they might not all to be to your taste necessarily. Like, there's a lot of songs that I'll probably never play if I don't have to. Mm. Um, and then you can a lot of the import stuff. I guess the license is expired, but you can still import Rock Band Three and. Uh, whatever the name of the rock band one was that you can play with a controller, I forget what it was called now, Unplugged or something. Oh, um, yeah. You can still import those. And then, yeah, there's a, they're bringing DLC out every week, pretty much. Um, yeah, there's like 1,500 Yeah, some stupid roughly. amount. Like, yeah. you think of any band, they've probably got at least one song on there. There's a few, for <laughs> me, there's a few omissions that... They're annoying, like there's no block party on there. Don't know why, but would love to have some block party on there. Um, but yeah, there's a good selection, like all through the eras and stuff. Like you've got everything from 70s, 60s stuff, um, right through to like they bring out like modern songs. Weirdly, they bring out songs that don't even have guitars in them, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the guitar will take the place of some random instrument in the or some random effect in the song. Yeah, um, didn't they do Nine Inch Nails, uh, The Hand That Feeds on Rock Band? Yes. Which is a really weird one because there's very little guitar at all on that. Yes. <laughs> just chords on chorus. Yeah, that yeah. is one of those. Yeah, but really good. <laughs> um, it's going cheap at the moment, a lot of places. I think you can, I don't know if this is still the case, but you could get the band in the box £50 from Argos. That's pretty um, damn good. Which is super cheap. I contemplated getting my dad to go and get it for me. <laughs> and then it <laughs> just like 500 quid to ship over to Canada. Exactly. And then I thought, well, what if I wait until I come back to England next and then could get, then could bring it back in my luggage, but then it's like, it's going to weigh too much. So then, yeah, what am I coming with? as being a terrorist as well. Coming with no clothes, just so I can take a plastic <laughs> drum kit back. Like. Well, that's all you do. You just walk around in your pants anyway, so... Uh, yeah, no <laughs> difference. <laughs> no great shake. Uh, so yeah, Rock Band 4, really good. <laughs> I'd recommend it. You can play it in your pants and not feel bad. Uh, uh, next thing I've been playing is Dropsy, which is a point-and-click adventure where you play an ugly-looking clown who is... is right. It starts off really weird. It starts off with a weird dream sequence where everything... Like, you get swallowed by a mouth and, like, fall into an abyss. Um... It's, but aside from the weird premise where you're playing this ugly clown, it's also a very approachable point and click game. There's no dialogue and stuff. Um, everything, all the characters talk to you in like panels, and it will often very clearly tell you, like, if there's a character that's, that you should be interacting with for your current quest, they'll come up with three panels, which will often tell you the location, who you need to talk to, and what you need to get, kind of thing. Um, so it's definitely one that I'd recommend for like lapsed gamers perhaps and it's shorter I maybe finished it in like three hours four hours mm. whereas you'd be surprised if you go back and play a lot of these point and click games how long they actually were oh um, yes we know like mm-hmm. I I play through Simon the Sorcerer a lot 
because it's one of my favorite games I think it's funny but it's still like even rushing through it knowing everything it's still like 10 hours maybe um, especially if you're listening to all the voice acting and stuff but this drops is a lot shorter it's on PC iPad and Android so I started playing it on PC then realized I also had the humble bundle code for the Android version so then I ended up playing on Android instead um, so yeah I'd recommend it it's been in humble bundles before so I'm sure you could find codes for it relatively cheaply or freely even uh, next up I finished God of War Ghost of Sparta last last night whilst my wife was watching The Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> For the second time, because she's fell asleep the first time. Can't have been, been enjoying it that much. <laughs> so, a, a really good game. I think, again, a bit how I talked about Gears of War 3 not getting credit for what it does with story. This game has its surprising, not that there's many of them, but surprisingly like touching cutscene moments with Kratos where there's no combat and you're just walking through scenes like there's a village that's destroyed as a kid and it's giving you all these ghostly images it has a pretty sad ending I guess where you have to do something that's not combat focused like your last actions of that game are not beating the crap out of something which is surprising Um, so it's interesting in light of what they're doing with ghosts God of War going forward Hmm. kind of that more story focus that that has existed in the games in the past what platform Hmm. did you play it on? played it on Vita so the PSP version on a Vita yeah yeah because I've got it on Vita as well just never got around to turning it on it's really Hmm. like it looks stunning like you wouldn't it's one of those where it looks how like it looks like the PS somewhere between the PS2 games and the PS3 games I guess yeah, pretty um, serviceable though. They, so yeah. Even the PS2 versions were pretty yeah. decent at the time. Well, yeah, because you think well. God of War 2, when you put that in a PS3 or something, it upscaled to 1080p. Hmm. Something stupid. Um, so yeah, it's a perfectly good game, really good. Short again, 8 hours or something, so highly recommended. was free with game uh, PlayStation Plus a few months back, so people hmm. might have it in their back catalogue. And then after I finished that last night, I started playing Tear Away. Oh, I, like, I wanted that. something that was like light and like cool. The wife was watching some other garbage on TV, so I was like, "I'm just going to sit here." <laughs> There's just a pattern emerging. Here. Yeah, there is. I don't know what it is though. <laughs> um, so I just put it on, and like, why is it taking me so long to play Tearaway? Tell me, it's incredible. It looks it's so good. Like graphically, it looks amazing. There's all these little, like as you're walking around, it's everything's flat and everything like flourishes and pops up. There's like cool mm. effects that you only see once in a while that make them feel special. Like certain little ripple effects on things. Like when you run through water, it's not that much water in the game, but when you do it, the way it's like um, circles of paper permeating out of the character's feet. Mm. Um, the way it does like the, the stupid things like where it shows the you as the sun yeah and it's like it makes you feel like you're in the world in a weird way yeah and then like a bit I did last night where the character's been like oh it's snowing but I think snowflakes look boring so then you cut out some snowflakes out of paper you can make them look whatever you wanted you could cut out the shape of a pink horse if you wanted to and that's what the snowflakes would look like for the rest of the game <laughs> like just the way you're shaping the world in a unique way you'd never see before never seen before I guess um, 
and there's no real challenge to it. You're just rocking around, going from point A to point B. Uh, it's just an incredible game, and I mm. kind of makes me want to play on PS4 as well because I'm sure up on a bigger screen it would look amazing. Um, yeah, I've got it on yeah. PS4 waiting as well. Andy hooked yeah. me up with a really cheap copy, and I'm still waiting to dive into that. I would. Thanks. I really want to play it on PS4 as well. I want to get a camera uh, for the PS4 as well because. Uh, you know, it's got some functionality with it, and they mm. did the same thing with that as they did with the Vita, like the, using the touchscreen on the front to interact with things and, like, to, and to draw, and the touchscreen on the back to push your fingers through the world, and the camera on the front to to project your face into the sun, and the camera on the back of it to take pictures of patterns that will then yes, put into the world and everything. Way, like yeah. it's like Media Molecule used every part of the buffalo when they made that game like every yep. single feature that the vita has got is in that game and it's used perfectly mm. yeah that's the thing used perfectly and like the pacing of it's just right yeah like where you the bit where you're prodding your fingers through or using the drums to bang up and stuff it's used just enough that you never get sick of it kind of mm. it feels yeah. otherwise it would just feel like it would feel like little deviance like a mini game collection where you're just going through the motions using each feature the Vita has um, yeah none of the mechanics outstay their welcome no and then once you've used them for a bit they'll come back like half an hour later and you'll be like oh yeah I loved it when I lasted this bit it's just amazing. Even the way mm. they show you how to use everything, like um, where you can poke your fingers through. If it's on the ground, it means you can poke your fingers through. It has the PlayStation, the face button symbols, like grayed out, so you know that. If it looks like a drum and it has the PlayStation symbols, you know that you can tap from underneath and bang your character up. Um, there's like the grey shade with a fingerprint, which means you know you can put your finger on the front screen and use it to like open presents or to unwind paper sometimes. Which is a cracking game. So highly yeah. recommended to anyone yeah. who's not got it or people like you guys that are waiting to start it. I definitely recommend it. It's an easy platinum as well. Is it? Is it? I yeah, I, I haven't gotten around to getting it. Myself. I've got to play through it one more time to get the platinum. But it, it's just collecting, uh, getting all the collectibles. And, you know, there's the bits where you have to take pictures of things to put the colour back into them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you just got to get all of those and get all the collectibles. But there's, like, simple guides online that will show you where all of them are. And then oh, that's, to be, that's pretty much all you really need to do uh, to get the uh, the platinum. I'm sure it's relatively easy as well to follow a guide because all the areas are pretty small, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's very relaxed. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Because it's definitely a like chill-out game. It is. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the final two games I've been playing, a bit more recent, uh, Hitman. I finally gave way to all the hype about it and decided <laughs> to yeah. just jump in. I guess the final defining moment was listening I think maybe we talked about this last time around the codec moments guys when they were talking about their last episode about the contracts mm. they were making for each other and stuff I was like I need to play this game um, <laughs> yeah. I asked you guys if it was like should is it too late to jump in four episodes in you were like no no you could do it so um, I put a bunch of time into the first few levels I beat each episode so to speak um, I just love how freeform it feels mm. um, 
like Marrakesh level. I used one way to get into the Spanish, uh, the Swedish consulate, and then another mm. opportunity arose that seemed like I was like, oh. It was almost like, I don't know, like a cat seeing something out, like a ribbon out of the corner of its eye. I was like, that's more interesting. <laughs> that's way more interesting than a method to try and kill him. I'm going to go off on that tangent. And then there's nothing to stop. And just the mechanics of like the costumes and everything just work really well. Um, the just sheer. Like, there's always like a go to way that you could kill people. Like poison becomes a bit of a crutch if you want it to be. Until you find the character that doesn't go and vomit into a toilet, but instead vomits in a bin that's in public. And then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I've got to think of something different. I can't kill this guy by drowning him and poisoning him. Um, so I played all of the chapters so far and the elusive target. I failed spectacularly at the elusive target. Um, who I didn't realise that... that the- le- Sorry, go on. Is that the latest? Is that the latest one? The black hat guy. Yeah, the black hat guy. So yeah, I had I a fair idea what I had to do. Like I was, like, I'm pretty sure where his base of operations is going to be. I got a disguise that would give me pretty much free reign of the um, Paris mansion that it's in. And then I walked into an office and picked up a letter opener, which I didn't realise meant that I was visibly armed. Pissed a load <laughs> of people off and got shot to death. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. just so pissed. And it's like, it's not even that I needed the letter opener for what I wanted to do. I picked up the letter opener because I hadn't seen one before and it was interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so my first attempt at uh, um, Elusive Target, I failed. Um, I played uh, Bangkok, which was quite an interesting level. I guess, Mark, you've played that as well. Yes, yeah, I have, yeah. I didn't enjoy it as much as Marrakesh, I will say. Or the no. Sapienza. Um, felt like a bit of a step back. Like the hotel's a relatively small area. It felt close, more similar to the Paris in its mm. size, perhaps. Um, but again, cool. It's just interesting how they come up with these different ideas. Like one of the ways you can, uh, one of the guys is like a frontman of a band, and you can pose as the drummer for the standing drummer for the band. Mm-hmm. And like the way you can get in with the band and stuff and sneak around. He it's does cool. not look like a drummer. Oh, he does once he gets <laughs> in his get up. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the silly things in um, in, the, the, in this particularly in this Hitman game is that there uh, there's been a few levels where there is a character who just happens to be tall, thin, and, and bald. Uh, <laughs> if you steal their clothes, then people will just assume that you are that character. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always like a little joke that the I can't remember her name, Agent Forty Seven's handler. She always say, "Oh, so and so is about the map, and they bear a striking resemblance to you, Agent Forty Seven. Maybe that will be useful." <laughs> yeah. Um, the only resemblance is that they happen to be bald. bald yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I haven't actually tried the drama myself, but I saw a video of someone else doing it, and yeah, it turns out that uh, amongst Agent Forty Seven's wide skill set, he can also play the drums. Well, you see, see, this is the thing, yeah. So that scenario came up, and I was like, shit, am I going to go and play the drums, and then this is going to reveal that I'm an imposter? So for a second, I was like, fuck it, should I just shoot him here and then run? But I was like, no, I'm going to play the drums, and turns out, yeah, he's pretty dapper at the drums. Well, yeah. you've played rock band before it, so you're okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't ask me to sing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, really good game. And, like, uh, 
I've been trying to do the escalation modes, but they get pretty hard pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically working my way through each episode and trying to kill the targets in every possible way I can to like 100% each one of those. Uh, but mm. no, I'm, I'm guessing I'm like everyone else now. I've caught up really fast and I just want more episodes. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm not sure when the next one's even due or if they've <clears> even mentioned. Oh, it's going to be, uh, I think the next one is set in the US, but that's not going to be for another month or so. Okay, well, it's a good thing I've got Deus Ex Mankind Divided to keep me distracted <laughs> then. Um, this is one that I kind of, I guess it's, I've kind of, people forgot it was coming and it's just hit us all of a sudden. I mm. myself forgot that I actually pre-ordered it from Amazon years ago. <laughs> um, I think I've told before about how game prices here have just jumped up in the last year or so. It's kind of though I've got all these pre-orders from years ago that seem to be worth keeping just because it, if the game's going to be half decent, I could probably sell it for more, trade it in for more at EB if it's not my cup of tea than not bother buying it, I guess, or buy it more expensive later down the line. Um, I feel like it's been five years since Human Revolution came out, and that feels mm-hmm. a really kind of yeah, yeah. 2011. 2011. Yep. God. <laughs> Which, to me, feels like a better timescale for this sort of game, rather than annualised franchise like Assassin's Creed and stuff mm. that you don't want to play every year. Or even yes. like two to three years where people start to feel things are a little bit tired by like their third mm. or fourth iteration. Five years seems like a good chunk of time, especially for something where there isn't a lot of difference in this game between this and the first game. Mm. Um, feels like a good gap. Um, well, Grand Theft Auto will do the same kind yeah, of thing, don't exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this game doesn't really leap that much in terms of its mechanics. You have a lot of the same power-ups you had. kind of has this experimental augmentation thing where Jensen, your character, has augmentations that help him have like super abilities and there's some experimental ones where you can like overclock your system kind of to include them but that's, a lot of them aren't particularly compelling mm. so I haven't found myself using any of them I've been trying to get all my like hacking abilities maxed out so that I can never find myself in a situation where I can't hack a terminal or a door um, where this game's a little bit weird though is in its racial profiling of or Mentative humans, kind of. It's yes. It's kind of an awkward conversation to have. What I guess some poster or concept art leaked about, like with a banner that said "Org Lives Matter." And what's really yeah. weird is in the Deus Ex fiction, it's established that there was an incident that happened where a bunch of orgs went crazy and killed people. Mm-hmm. So then, to then draw on a lot of um, ethnic minority and especially like Black Lives Matters is really mm. awkward because that fear of ethnic minorities is comp- in this day and age is completely irrational. Like we've got to that point yeah. where we realise there's no substance to any of that. But the people in Deus Ex have every reason to fear augmented humans because there was yeah. this crazy incident where millions of people were killed. 
Yeah, I, that got, that was in the pre-release material, yeah. and then it got toned back. Like there is there is no mention of Org no. Lives Matter or anything like that in the final game, which well, was probably is, a good decision. There is still things where you're getting like carded, like um, yes, that's a big issue here in Toronto actually. <clears throat> that there's a disproportionate young um, like African American people that feel they're carded and they're unfairly represented so that sort of thing is still in this game when you're walking around cops will randomly stop you and ask you for your papers for no reason and they'll speak and to that, you in a derogatory I, manner I thought that was happening for no reason but then I noticed that you know like when you go into the subway systems yeah. in Prague there's two separate areas there's a line for naturals and oh, then a okay. separate entrance for augmented people and if uh, and then you have to get on the augmented um, car on the subway and if you go yeah. in with the with the normal people then when you get off the train you'll get stopped by a cop who wants to see oh, your, your papers so maybe, okay so maybe it's that then yeah it's like uh, it's playing a little bit on the whole um, pre-civil rights America sort of thing with like sure. separate bathrooms for, for, for white yeah. people and black people so there's like separate uh, so like the lines that go into the uh, down into the subway you've got like an area uh, one one stairwell for um, normal people and then a separate stairwell yeah. that's got like caging around it and barbed wire for the augmented people like benches um, that say naturals only on them and stuff yes um, it's a little heavy-handed. Yeah, I enough to make you think about it, which is perhaps what they intended to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, who knows? This could be a problem we face in like thirty years' time or something. Um, but it's kind of distracting. What is a good game? If you get what I mean. Yeah, it's the story. Uh, as much as I, I love this game and, and adore uh, Human Revolution, yeah. if we. If I had to list our favourite games from the previous generation, that would would definitely be up there. Yeah. Uh, the storyline can be a little bit clunky at times. Like yeah, the, the whole thing with like um, uh, ironically a Deus Ex Machina moment at the end of uh, Human Revolution, where a guy who um, doesn't like augmented people has a master plan yeah. that he implements, where he drives, he, he makes all augmented humans go crazy for a while and they go on a, on murderous rampages uh, and that's led to augmented people being discriminated against uh, in um, Mankind Divided mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not done particularly subtly no. uh, but um, yeah I'm sure they thought long and hard about how they wanted to do it and this mm. is how they decided but I can imagine for somebody perhaps from one of those ethnic minorities that might feel a bit more like it's um, too close to the truth for them kind of thing yeah. might feel be more aggrieved but it's enough to make me feel uncomfortable like now maybe you've explained that the carding thing's a bit more mechanical than I thought mm. but it does make you think about what that experience must be like for somebody who's just randomly going about their business granted Jensen yeah. isn't he's like a military grade Machine that's running around doing all sorts of stuff, but still. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm playing the game non-lethal, and there's mm. very few games that can match that for the sheer depth of how you can go about things. Like as many possibilities as Hitman has for um, completing scenarios is still pretty rote, but Hitman seems to give you a lot of different tools. Um, 
if you want to go that stealth approach that make it open enough like you'll often go through vents that you find later on and you'll backtrack and realize that to do it you could have just snuck through a vent the whole time you needn't have snuck around hacking everything there was a vent mm. behind a cardboard box that you could have snuck right to the end um, it's about finding those opportunities and stuff um, mm. so I'm definitely I'm not far into it maybe like five six hours so I'm definitely looking forward to hopping more in and hopefully have more to report back on later mm. more about the actual story I hope that's it for me alright I'll crack on with mine then um, so I too have been playing some more Hitman um, jumped back onto it when the Bangkok level dropped uh, I I would agree with you Adam that it's not really uh, it's not as good as Sapienza or Marrakesh um, but I think it's probably better than the Paris level it's similar in um, terms of its scale whereas like Marrakesh was quite a large area mm-hmm. and Sapienza was most of a town uh, and then a villa in an underground facility uh, the Bangkok level is just one hotel when we, when I saw some of the, the pre-release screenshots I was hoping that it would be quite an expansive level um, but no it's just one hotel but um, it's yeah it's got a similar scope in terms of actual area as the Paris level but I feel like there are more things to do than there were in the Paris level um, there are more more interesting ways that you can approach um, taking out the two uh, targets than there were in the Paris level it, it seems like um, the, the, the developers are learning from uh, the player feedback as they go and tuning the uh, the missions, the mission packs as they release to take into account the feedback and so the scope was quite narrow on the Paris one, there was only really a handful of ways that you could take out cleanly take out the targets Uh, whereas in the Bangkok level there seems to be more scope and the amount of things you can do you you can dress up as a drummer Um, one of the actually I don't want to mention any of the ways because there'll be spoilers Uh, but yeah there's plenty of different ways you can can take out the targets Um, it's still got that problem of uh, everybody has either um, well in this particular one like all of the staff have American accents but then all of the crew um for uh, for the band, just all have like they're all English, yeah, um, which is a bit weird. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, and they try and explain it away uh, in interviews. It'd be like, oh, but Agent Forty Seven speaks every language, so he just hears it, you know, <laughs> in English. But it's like that's that's fine. But they could at least try and do the accent. Um, first time I noticed that is in the Sapienza level uh, you, one of the um, uh, opportunities that comes up quite early on is that woman calling up to her brother who's a chef who's going to be starting his first day oh yeah and yeah. she's like Rocco Rocco come down here and it's like <laughs> why have you not got an Italian accent yeah um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's one thing that kind of grinds for me but um, I still absolutely love the game it's it's like it's the Hitman series is not like other sort of stealth games, whereas like Deus Ex or Metal Gear Solid or something like that. When you plan to play them stealthy, it's all about skulking about in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Hitman is just unlike any of those because it's that's all about hiding in plain sight. Uh, you yes. don't spend that much time, you know, cr- creeping from cover to cover. 
Mm. Uh, I don't really tend to play the game that way at all. You'll kind of move quickly through areas to avoid the gaze of suspicious guards who might recognise you if, you if you stand around too long. But yeah, it's all about changing costume and hiding in plain sight. Um, Here's one thing I don't that. quite understand. So how come yep. there's some guards that recognise you, say, when you're dressed as a guard, but others that don't? Is that just purely... They're like higher ranking. Okay, there's, that's they're, they're higher ranking what I ones. It's like in every level, there appears to be a at, li- at least one costume that you can find, which is like, uh, if you've got that costume on, then no one will question you at all. Yeah, no one like will in recognize Paris, you. if you pick uh, the helmet out costume. Yes, you get the helmet costume, and there's also a costume where, where you can. There's a shake there, and you can knock him out and steal his costume, and then no one will recognize that you are not who you're supposed to be. Uh, and you won't get questioned by anyone. Yeah, hel- helmet. Um, the who's one of those characters who just happens to be tall, thin, and bald. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if he dresses him, then nobody questions him, including you can go and speak to a character who knows him very well, and she doesn't question the fact that you're just dressed up as him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it, when a, if you see a guard that's got those sort of like white dot above them, it's because they're, I think they're higher ranking. Okay. Like, yeah. um, I know it even guys, happens with the kitchen staff, though, as well. Yeah. Like it's maybe yeah. it's like the head chef or something will recognise you or the head waiter or something maybe yeah yeah it's like the military guys in the um, the abandoned school in Marrakesh uh, there'll be certain guards that will recognise yeah. you if you're in a military uniform but if you're wearing the colonel's uniform then nobody questions you no uh, it's yeah. just finding that right costume uh, or if if you can't find that costume just avoiding the suspicious guards I guess sure but um, yeah really really enjoying Hitman uh, next one I played on uh, Stuart's suggestion I played Dr. Langeskov the tiger the terribly cursed emerald uh, sorry uh, yeah, Dr. Langeskov the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald a whirlwind heist yay um, really really enjoyed that um, I, I see exactly what you mean about it being That's very funny. sort of uh, Stanley parable um it's very short. Well, it's about 15 minutes long or so. 15, um, 20 minutes. In around that, yeah, you can spend maybe a little bit of time. Um, so you can sort of looking around the place and even sort of going for the achievements and things. Um, they yeah. definitely take a, at least a couple of replays um, to get all of the achievements mm. if that's what you're going for. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, just a great little game. Yeah, there's, there's not as much scope as there is in nope. uh, the Stanley Parable, but it's a free game. Um, mm-hmm. And I found myself laughing out loud at quite a lot. Uh, um, oh, God, what's his name? Simon Amstel. Simon Amstel, yeah. yeah. Simon Amstel's narration is is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't know what I was expecting going in, but it's like you are. Is, are you supposed to be controlling a video game or are you controlling like an interactive theatre experience? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely um, sure. It feels like a, yeah, um, an interactive theatre experience that you seem to be a backstage hand. Yeah. Um, That's what yeah. Not, e- not even necessarily. Somebody there, you you almost feel like almost like a job interviewee, and you're moving right. Well, you're you're in co-opted in, aren't you? Yeah. Because like you start the game, you click start, and then the game glitches out, and then you hear Simon Amstel in the background saying, "Oh God, you know, oh sorry, sorry, there's somebody already here, there's somebody already playing," uh, and then you can't actually play the game, so you get co-opted into controlling 
the uh, the mechanisms backstage for mm. somebody who, uh, who is already in the game playing it. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely hilarious from start to finish, and it's a free game, so uh, you've got no excuse not to download it. Um, mm. <laughs> really enjoyed that. I played well. I played two weekends worth actually of the Titanfall Two technical test because it was on last weekend, uh, and then this weekend just gone. They had the the second weekend of it where they threw in a, an extra map. Um, I don't have an Xbox One, and I don't have a PC that could run the first Titanfall. So this was my first experience of Titanfall. Um, I really like it, although I've heard a lot of rumblings on the internet from people who played the first one complaining about how there's not as much going on in the maps as there was in the first Titanfall. There's not a lot, not, not as many AI characters, yeah, and it doesn't feel definitely. like a. Yeah, like the uh, from I've gone actually went back and watched some footage, and it's like it does seem like in the first one that the maps l- felt like active battlefields with loads of stuff going on. Uh, I think that might have been because first Titanfall relied quite heavily on um, Microsoft's Azure like cloud computing. Yeah, uh, to control like the, AI the AI for all of that stuff was running in those um, in the servers, like all the AI to that time. Um, yeah, because there was a bunch more. They were they were almost like creeps in a um, MM uh, MOBA. They were yeah. always constantly coming forward, whereas now they're not. Um, well, in this, in the Titanfall two from from the three modes that have included in, in the, the technical test, they're only in one of the modes, and it's sort of like uh, drop. Like there'll be these two areas where yeah. drop pods will come out, and there'll be the AI characters, and then the two teams are competing to kill as many of those as possible. And then at the end of the round. Um, the money that you've you've earned by killing people, you have to go and deposit in the bank, uh, and then the first team to reach the score limit wins, and the other team yeah. then has to go and extract. Uh, whereas, like from what I've seen at the first one, it felt it looked like like a proper battlefield with like AI characters like dragging the corpses of their teammates yep. and crawling around on the floor, and it just looked insane. Um, so I don't know, I you know, I haven't played the first one. I don't know how it's really going to stand up compared to it, but I really enjoyed it. It was it was fresh for me. Um, the, I, it still felt the, fresh to me because the first mm. time four was quite a while ago now. Yeah, um, and there's nothing I mean, the else locomotion, like it. Yeah, the the locomotion, even when you're not in the Titan, like the yeah. the running, double jumping, wall running, uh, the new grapple hook mechanic, uh, which I understand wasn't in the first one, nope. means that like you're moving around the battlefield at a ridiculous pace, yeah. like faster than than uh, even the f- the fastest that Call of Duty's ever been. Yeah. Uh, the time to kill is a little bit lower than it is in Call of Duty as well, so you don't don't get murdered ridiculously quickly and not know where it's come from. And when you start mm-hmm. taking damage, you get a little bit of a chance to escape. And then when you call down your Titan and jump in it, that just feels epic. Yeah, you um, feel like a boss. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're when you go up against some of the AI characters on foot or one of the other pilots when they're on foot as well. If you uh, <laughs> if you do a melee attack on them, they just turn into a smear on the ground, <laughs> just yes. a red mist and a smear on the ground. Um, and then the Titan, when you go up against another Titan, it feels really weighty and. Um, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, One thing is annoying, actually. Yeah. I guess maybe they changed for the second week is the how you acquire a Titan. Um, mm-hmm. Because in the first game, it was just a timer. And by getting yeah. kills, you would add seconds onto the timer. So it was like five minutes to get one. 
and it would yeah. count up to five minutes. So now they kind of change it to this percentage meter, which I didn't realize if you're performing really badly, the percentage actually goes down. Yes. Um, which was frustrating because I always used to find if I was struggling as a pilot in a given game, say like there's a few people sniping or something, the Titan was always a good leveler to kind of help you out. Mm-hmm. But if you're losing, acquiring the Titan whilst that's happening, it was really frustrating. But they changed that in the second weekend, I think they added a timer so it slowly creeps up anyway, even if you're not yeah. doing well. It was kind um, of like a hybrid between the two, where it was yeah. like the timer would slowly tick up, but then you could add to it with kills. Yeah, which I think um, is the best way to do it. Yes, um, yeah. Because in the I first mean, I week, tried the uh, I tried the pilot versus pilot mode and really didn't like it at no, all. I'd never um, played that in the first game. No, it's not pilot not hunter. Great. Yeah, or um, uh, oh, I think it was just called pilot v pilot. Um, oh, okay. And then there was the the mode. Um, like control where you've got three points mm-hmm. and you like point, uh, yeah. capture them yeah and then you can reinforce them as well uh, and like doing that added onto the timer for your uh, titan to come in yeah. but the, the mode I played mostly was the, the bounty hunt one where you, you take on a couple of waves uh, or a few waves from uh, two points of AI characters and then a couple of AI controlled titans would come in and you'd be competing with the other team to see who could take down the titans and then um, go back and bank your bank your money and every time you were killed you'd lose half of what you were holding yeah. uh, those matches were really good I'll be interested to see what the finished product is like um, and see how it how uh, players of the original game feel it matches up against that but for someone who didn't play the first one I, I enjoyed it cool. um, and then the last game I played I've uh, been putting quite a lot of time into Deus Ex Mankind Divided as well um, I like echo everything you said uh, about uh, about it. I mean, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. I think I'm a little bit further than you. Uh, I've I'm in the first open world bit, but I've kind of I've reached the point now where I've explored ev- pretty much everything in that area. Oh, okay. um, I've done all the side missions, uh, and I'm just about ready to start the next main story mission um, after the one where you actually get dumped in that city. I've just been spending a lot of time doing what I did in the first one, which is like every single exploring. Like every time I see a vent, I'm yeah. going through that vent to see where it ends up. Every time I see a locked door or a computer or a safe, I'm going in. Even if you got the passcode, you got. I, I go in and try and hack them because you get a little bit of experience for actually hacking uh, computers uh, and door locks, uh, and it's it's worth it because those Praxis kits are just they're like gold it's dust. And you need one of those every time you want to level up. Um, I haven't really looked into the experimental orgs either, so no. most of the the stuff that's in there is stuff that was in the the first game. But that's fine because they were all really good, and exactly. you can prioritize. You can build Jensen out in the way you want. Like you can build him to be tanky, shooty, shooty, bang, bang, or you can go full stealth. I've gone for like a, a hybrid of like stealth. Um, the augments that mean that you can um, win speech checks uh, and and like hacking and things like that and then like exploration orgs so like I can lift heavy items to reveal secret passages and um, punch through weakened walls and things like that Um, yeah I'm really really enjoying it like like we were saying the um, sort of allegory um, comparisons to pre-civil rights America a little bit heavy handed the storyline so far hasn't grabbed me particularly you know. but the storyline didn't grab me that much in the first one it's just the actual gameplay 
that is great yeah. and the side missions like the side missions the same as they, they have they were in the first one so far are more interesting than the um uh than the main game uh have you done the side mission in um uh in uh prague where you meet a guy outside a door who's a he's talking really funny guy outside a door there's a guy standing outside a door and he talks really really funny and then you go inside and it's sort of like a commune oh no i don't think i have all right okay i don't want to say anything more than that okay. because like you you need to experience it but like there's missions side missions like that that feel almost like um like like uh fallout at its best okay um, yeah like well it's fallout side missions at their best um like those more personal missions are more interesting yes. than the great conspiracy or whatever or the yeah like of. the stuff that's kind of aside from the overarching story is is done really really well um yeah if you liked uh human revolution then you're gonna like this it plays very similarly um the art style is it's a little bit different it's not quite as quite so black and gold as the no, first one was so Prague looks a little bit different Prague is very um, well it looks like Prague um, yeah. but with like lots of uh, it, it kind of like you know how like City 17 looked in Half-Life 2 where it's like classic Eastern European architecture that were then with lots of like metal mm-hmm. and um, armoured guards all over the place um, yeah. and like the, the music and everything is very reminiscent of uh Human Revolution. It's they've just taken what they did in the the first game and they haven't changed it much. They've just improved it. Uh, it looks a lot yeah. better. Uh, the um, the animations are, uh, are a lot better. Um, they've just polished up what was already a very good game. So um, I'm really enjoying that. I'll talk a little bit more about it once I've played some more because I haven't. I've, apart from the, the beginning section, I haven't played any of the main story uh, missions, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Cool. Yeah, that's all I've been playing this week. Right, moving on to the news. I've picked a few uh, interesting stories from the last week or so. Uh, First of all, uh, the PS4 Slim is a thing. It's out there. People have got them. People had already trading them in at CEX and other shops like that, despite the fact that Microsoft, uh, Microsoft that Sony, uh, <laughs> it would be funny if Microsoft did it, but despite the fact that Sony <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, Sony haven't actually officially or even unofficially confirmed that the PS4 Slim exists, despite the fact that people have them <laughs> this is this is a really odd. We, we've been we were talking about this in Twitter a few days ago, and trying to work out what the hell has gone on. And anything we can figure is that maybe Sony were because they've got a uh, later this month they've got a, a, an event planned in New York, I think, um, mm-hmm. where everybody presumes they are going to officially announce the the PS4 Neo, which is another the hard piece of hardware they haven't officially announced yet <laughs> and that they were going to say here's the PlayStation 4 Neo uh, by the way we've redesigned the PS4 and it's available to buy now and in order to do that they've sent them out to stockist early a few shops have broken street date or a warehouse has been raided or something and so PS4 Slims have found their way out into the wild before it's been officially announced which is mm. just odd 
Mario. Yeah, well, you've got some videos on YouTube, for instance, of <coughs> unboxing. You've got reviews of it where you're actually able to see that it's got two HDMI ports on the back. So it's de they're definitely out there. It's just bizarre that Sony is still trying to play, keep it quiet. Do we, what are the, what's the second HDMI port then for? That's not HDMI in, is it? Uh, probably, I would have thought so. Also, well, though, there's the Xbox no optical, One, is Yeah, there? yeah. Like the Xbox One. It certainly looks There's like no it optical. Can... There's no optical out, no, for the sound. Yeah. So, one... so, oh shit, that Could means it won't work with my headset then. Could the second HDMI be for that, for receivers? Do receivers use HDMI now? I don't know. It's going to support 5 gigahertz um, Wi-Fi as well. Hmm. But of course, we don't know all this because this hasn't been announced no, by... No, of uh, course not. No. no. I mean, <laughs> in, in, in itself... The instruction manual. <laughs> I mean, the PS4 Slim in itself is not an interesting story. It's something that Sony and Microsoft have been doing for the for the last mm. couple of generations yeah, yeah. is redesigns every few years. I mean, the PS3 went through three redesigns. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Xbox 360 went through three redesigns as well. Um, so that's not the unusual thing. It's the fact that it's out there before Sony have had a chance to even announce it. Um, mm. Whereas, like, Microsoft announced the Xbox One S and it's, it's going to be available later it does appear like Sony have, uh, have been pitching this to announce it and say that it's already available which is looks to have been a bit of a blunder it, I mean, it's definitely it, a leak isn't it definitely yeah, somewhere I mean, along the line they've done this with games before like there was that game Entwined they announced at E3 a couple of years ago and said oh it's available to download now and you can get away with doing that with a digital game because they, yeah. you can't no stockists won't have hold of that but, yeah, but they cocked up the Uncharted 4, didn't they? Because yep. that were on sale in the UK long before it was supposed to be a launch. No, but at least we knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I've known that for years. This came out of nowhere. It was like the first few days were really weird. It's like these pictures appeared on the internet. Somebody saying, oh, I've got this PlayStation 4. Um, Slim. Uh, and everyone's saying, oh, no, it's a fake and then oh, the I fact don't know that it looks weird it as well like it looks cheap or cheaper than the PS4 does yeah, now like yeah. the last PS3 it looks like a toast yes yeah that's what yeah. I was going to say actually like, they have a history of making consoles look very cheap when they redesign them <laughs> looks uh, like it's a Breville sandwich maker or something well I don't know like the second generation <laughs> PS3 I thought was really nice that matte black one yes um, yeah. the third generation the one it's that ugly. I bought was cheap as shit <laughs> oh, that horrible plastic sliding lid yeah um, awful. yeah but like this but, um, ps4 slim could easily have been 3d printed yeah when you saw those mm. first pictures if somebody had, yeah. like look at those nx controllers that leaked that turned out as that guy that 3d printed them mm. like that was just as believable as this was <laughs> but um, initially at least I'm pre yeah, we're presuming that it's going to be officially announced at their event later this month, and it's probably going to be uh, just yeah, just a, a redesigned with. Um, it, it happens with every generation where they manage to make uh, building the console cheaper, and manage to squeeze it into a smaller box, and then they yep. can start selling that a little bit cheaper. So it'll be I don't it'll be considerably cheaper than the PS4 one. Uh, PS4 was at launch, um, and then. We presume that the Neo is going to cost about the same price as a PS4 did at launch, so about 350 quid. Mm. I yep. presume. I can't imagine they'd be selling it for much more than that. I don't know. You can buy a second-hand one now for 380. That's always a bonus. Mm. 
Well, yeah, if you really want a PS4 Slim now, <laughs> then, um, yeah, somebody somewhere's making a tidy profit on that. Absolutely. You mm. probably find that you can't attach it to the internet or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Have your account suspended. But, yeah, it just seems a bit of a PR blunder on, on Sony's half, which is... I've been unusual for them in the last couple of years. They've had, they've got a history of making PR blunders, but they've been quite good <laughs> over the last couple of years. They've behaved themselves. <laughs> this is a bit of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> ah, it's back to old times. <laughs> this and of course coming on the back of the fact that um, the uh, US and Canada are getting what we had a year or so ago, a ten dollar per year increase in the cost of PS Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Without them actually explaining what the increase yeah. is for, changing just market conditions. Yeah, yeah, changing market conditions is their their answer. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't tell you anything at all. We want to um, make more money. I yeah. blame Brexit. Yeah, it's Brexit's <laughs> fault for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Farage. Um, we, I'm hoping that that's because they're going to inc- improve either the quality. Well, they've introduced two stage um, authentication finally. Um, for security, but I'm hoping yeah. that it's either going to mean that there'll be fewer uh, down, there'll be less downtime for PS Plus uh, for the PlayStation Network, even, or that the quality of games available on PS Plus is going to increase slightly. But we don't know because they haven't said nothing. Mm. Nothing will change. No, nothing at all. Is my opinion. The Division DLC has been delayed in order for them to fix the main game, yep. which seems to be <laughs> it seems to be a constant for them, really. <laughs> yeah, um, seems to be a lot of annoyed people that are still playing it that aren't happy with the way the game's gone. I guess. No, oh, it's been a mess. Like when the game came out, it worked fine. There yeah. were a few exploits and there were a few little bugs here and there, and then they added on the first free expansion and broke the game and then spent ages fixing it and then released the second free expansion which broke the game again and then delayed the first piece of proper DLC so they could fix that and now they've released the first paid for piece of DLC and appear to have broken the game yet again and have now had to delay the second piece of DLC paid for DLC so they can fix the main game yet again oh my god if that's the case, if it's that broken, why don't people do like the, the doing with No Man's Sky and demanding a refund? It's obviously um, broken, you know. The sale of Goods Act kicks in here. <laughs> yeah, you think so. Um, but then how far out, like, like, how Dave, you've uh, had that for months rather than just weeks with No Man's Sky. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's still serviceable, you know. True. Uh, so. It's still uh, if you bought a physical copy of it, it's still within a year, um, yeah. so you can still return it. And European Union rules, as far as we understand them, state that you can demand a refund for a digital copy, um, which is what a lot of people are doing with No Man's Sky. But um, they'd probably say you can't now because of Brexit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, in Article Fifty has not been invoked, so we're still <laughs> technically part of European Don't Union. Don't pull the trigger yet. <laughs> we need no. a refund. <laughs> please, Theresa May, please don't pull the trigger. Um, yeah, it, that game just 
is is a mess. I had a lot of fun playing when it first came out, and then the fun died away very rapidly yeah. when they started mm. bringing up the free expansions, and to the point where I, I haven't I, I uninstalled the game ages ago. And a couple of times I've thought about, you know, I had quite a lot of fun with that game when it first came out. Maybe I should reinstall it. And then I'll, I'll ask a few friends that I used to play with uh, online whether they fancy it. And they're all just saying, nope, nope, the game's still broken, fuck it. <laughs> so it'll stay uninstalled for a, for a while, maybe in the future. It's sad because I was moment, convinced this was the one of these types of games yeah. I was going to get into. I spent 86 hours playing it and then yep. that post-game stuff was just garbage. And I was like, nope, I'm done here. I thought mm. this was going to be the game that would pull me away from Destiny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it has like been for a while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to the, the episodes when it first came out and I was waxing lyrical about how yep. much I was enjoying the game. Yep. And mm. I did really, really enjoy it when it first came out. Yeah. But Same. They've just... They've managed to... It's just weird it's, that they they've managed the to break the game with every like with every release of, uh, update release they brought out. They managed to break the game in 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 some way, or left gaping holes for for um, <laughs> the the less uh, virtuous players out there to exploit. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mess. It's a shame yeah. because there is a kernel of a really good game there yeah. that they are ruining. It's almost like reverse of Destiny. Because Destiny had yeah. the potential and there wasn't a lot there <laughs> yeah. and then they built on it, whereas mm-hmm. the Division had everything there and then they fucked it up. Yeah, Destiny has just gotten better and yeah. better and the Division has just got worse. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I'm really, it's disappointing. I was convinced that game would be in my top five come the end of the year, but now not even close. Yeah, likewise. I don't think it'll even be in the conversation when we do our game of the year. No, um, I still haven't got five. <laughs> <laughs> what games played this year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> so, our uh, next story is that Battlefield 4 has gotten a major overhaul um, for four years after it came no three years after it came out it came out in 2013 um, I as I've mentioned before on the show I picked that game up when it came out and bought premium uh, and then regretted it for a while because the game was broken for arguably the first six months um, it was rushed out and given the nature of what Battlefield 4 is like on multiplayer where you've got 64 players on a map and destructible environments and vehicles and all this crazy stuff going on the servers just couldn't handle it for the first six months or so and then even after they fixed it um, there were real problems with joining up with friends um, quite often you'd go join you join a squad with your mates jump into a game and for some reason the game would decide that no you're not going to be in a squad with your friends and actually you're going to be on the other side <laughs> uh, which is good fun so finally th- nearly three years after the game's come out uh, they've kind of they've given it a bit of an overhaul and fixed the squad system um, so that you can actually join games with your friends um I'm presuming that means that if your friends are online already and the team is uh, is full, it won't force you to play on the other side. You'll just be uh, spectating until there's a spot free on that team for you to jump in. Um, 
but yeah, it was a much. I haven't experienced it myself, but from what I can, what I'm reading here on uh, Eurogamer, it's much needed um, changes to actually make playing with your friends, which is the whole point in having Battlefield in the first place, um, mm-hmm. make it actually work, which is nice. But yeah, Battlefield is a is a, an interesting series. I'm not picking up Battlefield One at launch. Despite how ex- excited I am for it, because I know it will be broken. Are we to assume it's for the course now? They'll take these ideas to Battlefield One, and hopefully, Battlefield One won't be starting from point zero again. Or is it going to be just as janky and broken, and not use any of this new UI stuff? I don't made? know. Like, well, the new UI stuff is weird. It's like Battlefield. They've they've rolled Battlefield Four and Battlefield One into one. So that Battlefields 4 and at least on PC, Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1 will launch from the same UI. Yeah. Like you load it up and you'll have the options for selecting 4 or 1. Okay. Um, it's different. Yeah, uh, but it's despite the fact that they've had three years to a three year gap between Battlefield 4 coming out and the new Battlefield coming out, I'm still expecting the servers to have massive problems <laughs> and there to be horrendous lag and getting dropped from games or mm-hmm. kicked to the dashboard um, for ages after it comes out it's just, it, they didn't have this problem with uh, Battlefront because Battlefront is a much simpler game and yep. even Battlefield Hardline um, is Small a simpler one. game yeah. Than, uh, than, battle- than than a full Battlefield game is, so I'm fully expecting when Battlefield One to come out, when Battlefield One comes out that it's still going to be a mess. So the moral of the story then is: don't buy it on day one. Wait six no. months until everybody's got pissed off and sold their copy in, so you can pick it up for about a tenner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's when the game's fixed anyway. So you're actually getting a better experience for about a quarter of the price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I paid eighty quid for Battlefield Four Jesus. and Battlefield Premium wow. when it first came out, but the, the eighty quid now looks cheap because if uh, you true. want to get if you want to get a Battlefield One and the Battlefield Premium Season Pass um, together, it's don't know how much it is in other territories, but it's £104. What's a kidney? <laughs> that, yeah, that is a lot of money for a game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be skipping that one at launch. I'll, I'll pick it up after Christmas at some point when they've fixed it. <laughs> Um, so, Clay, uh, the makers of Don't Starve and Shank and Invisible Ink and um, oh, what was it called? The 2D stealth game that was fucking brilliant. Um, I can't remember. Something about a ninja. Oh, Mark of the Ninja. I should remember. Mark of the Ninja, yeah. yeah. yeah Mark yeah. of the Ninja, which was a really, really good game. Um, they've announced another game called Hot Lava, which is the second game that they've announced this year because uh, there was that short 15 second long trailer they released for Oxygen Not Included at E3 which is a game still nobody knows what it is it's brilliant um, yeah yeah and it looks like a sort of like 2D space station management game from what what I could gather from the incredibly short oh, trailer. No, not another management game, please. No, <laughs> I know, but it looks it looks a little bit like um, from what I saw of the trailer um, or, or what gameplay they included in the trailer. Even uh, it looked a little bit Fallout Shelterish. All oh, right. Um, so yeah, well, we, that's the thing is we don't know anything about that. But um, I haven't actually seen 
the trailer for Hot Lava? Have any of you guys seen it? Yes. Anyone? No. So what is it? So it's 3D. It looks like it's first person. Um, and you are like a superhero leaping. You must have all played Hot Lava as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a game where you're running around a house, but the floor is actually lava, and it looks so mm. cool. It looks like it possibly has like streamlined version of the Mirror's Edge controls, and just right. looks a lot of fun. Like um, there's running around like a lounge environment. There's like an office environment. It just looks really cool. Like it could be interesting. Um, mm. I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on it. Uh, it's announced for consoles, I think, and PC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks different, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do. They've never made a 3D game before. Um, no, no, all their games have been sort of like, uh, yeah, either 2D side-scrolling games or yeah. uh, Don't Starve, yeah. which is sort of 2D top-down um, survival yeah. exploration sort of game. Um it reminds me of that uh, community level where um, they kind of enter into like a post-apocalyptic world because the school get the college gets taken over by a hot lava game that goes out of hand. Oh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes me think about that. So it's like oh, no. childhood That's nostalgia and TV nostalgia, kind of as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's a beta yeah. on PC as well. Oh, cool. Interested. I've just watched the, the the trailer. Just had it running in the background there, and yeah, it looks like a yeah a really interesting sort of wacky first person parkour sort of game. Yeah, yeah. Parkour, same yeah. Here. I've just been looking yeah. at the trailer as well, and yeah. now I just feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's going to have VR support. Oh my oh, word! God. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. How many couches are you going to destroy jumping off them? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that looks interesting. Yeah, something different. Hmm. Clay tend to... They haven't really disappointed with any of the games I've played. No. Um, Don't Starve and Shank and Mark of the Ninja, three I've played, and they've all been brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep an eye out. Ooh, Don't Don't Starve Together's coming out on console soon as well. Yeah, that's like the co-op version? Yeah, yeah. Where well you can pl- have up to uh, up to six people playing at a, at a time. Oh, I didn't realize it was six. I thought it was two for some reason. <laughs> oh, it's up, up to six on PC. I don't know what it's going to be on oh, console, okay. but cool. yeah, looks good. So, just a quick reminder that uh, we are going to be, or a bunch of us are going to be, at this year's Eurogamer at the NEC in Birmingham. Uh, the exhibition runs from the 22nd to the 25th, and we're there on the 23rd and the 24th. Yeah, I am. Is that correct? Yeah, the Friday and the Saturday. I think Stuart Cullen's there all week, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's there That's till the afterwards, I think. I think he's just taking yeah. the rubbish out. If you're going to cross the border, you may as well make a trip of it. Yeah, if he's going to come down south. <laughs> That's if he's allowed past. Yeah. But it's going to be like, I'm I'm going to be there, you're going to be there, Kev, aren't you? Yep. Uh, Stuart, you're going to be there. Yeah, I'm there Friday through... Your brother's coming well, as well, Friday and Saturday, yeah, my brother's coming over as well. So it was. Ace. Yeah. My bet half's going to be there. Ali's going to be there as well. Uh, can't remember who else. I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that's all right. Yeah, but uh, there's going to be a decent in. number of us. I don't know, actually. Um, 
Yeah, uh, well, and he's still yeah, probably be stuck at the uh, Alamo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> might not let him away. He might still be somewhere <laughs> in Texas, drunk. But um, yeah, uh, so an IPA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a bunch of us there on the the Friday and the Saturday, um, checking out what's on this year. So if you fancy uh, meeting up with us and coming and saying hello, then just get in contact with us uh, via email or on Twitter or Facebook. Um, yeah, should be should be a should be a blast. There's there's an interesting. Have you looked at the the games that are going to be there this year? What's, I haven't looked at anything. No. So um, there's been a bunch more added since I last looked at it. Uh, Battlefield One's there. Destiny: Rise of Iron. Uh, Endless Space Two. Gran Turismo Sport. Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Sonic Mania. Um, right, I made the bar. <laughs> Sonic Mania. <laughs> Sonic Mania is going to be there. Uh, Overwatch. Oh, on the ticket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm getting on the plane. <laughs> uh, Overwatch is going to be there. Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5, WWE 2K17, Warhammer 40,000, Dawn of War 3, uh, and then uh, just a grip of, of interesting looking in indie games as well, uh, including uh, Super Arcade Football, which we've talked about uh, yeah. quite a bit on, on the show before, which I'm definitely looking forward to checking out. Um, Sniper Elite 4 is there as well. I don't know why that's listed with the indie games, but there you go. Um, yeah, uh, it should, should be an interesting weekend. I've, I've never been to a games convention before. don't know if any of you guys have at all. Nope, first no. time for me as well. Yeah. I went to Eurogamer yeah. the first year. Oh, you've been before? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely fun. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a decent amount on. I'm going to check out a bunch of the games that are there. Go and have a look at... The, there's a Street Fighter Five tournament that's happening. Um, there's a separate section for um, tabletop games, which I want to go and have a look at as well. Oh, cool. There's a cosplay competition that might be interesting to go and have a look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. We'll be out and about. We're possibly going to have T-shirts as well, so... Um, We'll be easy if we to do, spot. We'll be, we'll be easy to spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if you want to come and say hello, then uh, then just let us know, and we'll uh, we'll try and arrange some sort of meetup. Our uh, ongoing games giveaway is still ongoing. Uh, some more games have been added to the list. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes, and uh, we'll pop a link on the on the Facebook page as well. So, if you fancy getting your, are they all Steam games? Yes, they are. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you fancy checking out some some Steam games for free, then uh, give the, the the link a click and just pop your name uh, and your uh, email address or, or Twitter handle down next to the game that you fancy, and then we'll we'll give the dish out the codes once a week. Um, uh, a quick reminder that our next playlist episode is Sonic One and Sonic Two. Is that correct? And three. And three. Sonic's one, two, and three. You poor poor people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So glad I'm not going to be on that episode. <laughs> Classics. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave the country as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that being recorded next week then? Uh, yeah, recording on the 5th. Two weeks, yeah. So it'll be yeah. released two weeks after that. So thankfully I will be out of the country and unable to take part in that episode. <laughs> the things you do, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's, I deliberately scheduled my holiday so I couldn't be on that episode. <laughs> Adam can manage it. He's in a completely different country. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to be on holiday, so I won't have my computer with me. Fair enough. <laughs> As always, if you want to get in contact with us, then you can uh, drop us a tweet at lapsedgamer. You can email us. That's lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com. I can't remember our own email address. It's lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com. Lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com. Excellent. Uh, Facebook group. Um, You you can check out lapsedgamerradio on Facebook. We've also got a closed Facebook group that you can join as well. Um, We've got our website, lapsedgamer.com. Uh, you can find episodes of podcasts to download at uh, Podbean, uh, sorry, lapsgamerradio.podbean.com, or you can find it via iTunes. And if you didn't find it via one of those two means, then please let us know where you did find it. Um, <laughs> Run the back of Primark. Yeah, down the back of Primark, <laughs> along with the last Pokemon. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you do download the podcast via iTunes, then uh, please be so kind as to leave us a review. Uh, you can check out our videos over at the Laps Game Radio YouTube uh, channel. I've got the put up the first two episodes of um, my uh, No Man's Sky Diary uh, series. I'm probably not going to upload another episode for a little while because I'm going on holiday, but I, I will continue with that. Despite the fact the internet hates that game, I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> um <laughs> and there's the uh, Stuart's unboxing video of his shiny new Steam controller. And uh, Adam, you put up a video of you attempting the uh, latest, the elusive target, trying yep. and failing. Yep, I understand. <laughs> if you want a good laugh, watch me yeah. endlessly preparing and then fucking it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't got around to watching that yet, but I think that's what I'm going to do after this recording. <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to uh, be on an episode, then uh, you can contact us via any of the means, via Twitter or, or email or Facebook. Uh, we're always open to have uh, new guests on the show. Uh, we've had a few on in the past that have ended up being permanent uh, team members. We regret so, it every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only regret one of them. <laughs> no, we don't regret that. We give Cullen some stick, but we love him. Um <laughs> So I guess that's all left to be said is uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Can you hear me? Can anyone hear me? Can you not hear me? Fuck! Shit the bed.